Well, we continue this series, Spiritual Hygiene, a call to personal holiness. Today, we will look at how our relationship affects our lives. Relationships matter. God created us to be relational beings. Our relationships are meant to build and bless each other. They are meant to draw us closer to God and help us to grow as a person. However, due to sin, due to our selfishness, many of these relationships become harmful. They lead us away from God into paths of ungodliness, godlessness, and destructions. They become unhealthy. So when we talk about personal holiness, we have to look into relational ties in our lives, both the past ties as well as the present ties. Last week, Pastor Kokfai reminded us about there is a warfare going on. It is not just a physical flesh and blood struggle, a warfare, but there is a spiritual warfare. Satan and his demons are always at work behind the scenes, creating havoc in our lives. Many times he uses these ungodly and harmful relationships to lead us away from God and hinder our growth, keep us in bondage, luring us into the destructions. Satan's desire is to kill, steal, and to destroy. So today, we're going to look at several questions about relationship. First, we'll ask ourselves, what are some ungodly and harmful relationships? And how they affect us and how to deal with them? The first relationship will be illicit sexual relationship. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against his body. Let me give you the context here. Some Corinthian believers are saying that they can have sex with anybody, including prostitute, because it's only a physical act. Meeting a physical need, it will not affect their spiritual lives. However, Paul corrected them by showing them God's design for sex, that sex is more than just a physical act. Paul says sex, in fact, it is a one-flesh act. Whenever two people are engaged in sexual intercourse, they are in fact creating this one flesh reality. Sex is not merely a physical act for personal gratification. In fact, sex is a complete personal union. The whole person is involved. It is a complete experience that engages our mind, body, soul and spirit. The sexual union of two people involves more than physical contact. It is a union of personalities which However transient, it alters both parties. Sex is the ultimate expression of intimacy, a man between a man and a woman, making the two become one body. That's why sex between two people forms a lasting bond between them, whether they know it or not, whether they want it or not. There is a strong tie being established to this sexual union. Sex. It's never just sex. That's why God says sex can only be done in a marital relationship. Sex is a way of saying to another person, I belong completely 
and exclusively and permanently to you. And this is something you can only say inside marriage. It is a beautiful union. Sex is meant to be wonderful. However, if people were to have any sexual unions with any people other than their sexual spouse, they commit sexual immorality. And Paul says, this is a very serious sin. It is sinning against one's body. This sexual illicit union involved has special consequences because it interferes with our Christian identity as people of God who have been united with Christ through the Holy Spirit. Sexual sins degrades and misuses the body which God indwells in His temple. This does not mean that sexual sin is the worst of all sins. It's just that it is a sin that is particularly, particularly misuses and damages the whole being deeply because it is intimately united unite with another individual in sex. And the individual is not your spouse. And during sexual union, you give a part of yourself away. At the same time, you receive a part from the other person. So you see, sex is not just sex. Sexual immorality is sinning against your body. body. You are hurting Christ and yourself deeply. It affects not just the physical, but also it affects the emotion, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual aspect of your life. Every part of your whole being is injured and harmed in an illicit sexual union. And because of this ungodly union, it opens the door for Satan to exploit and to gain a foothold in one's life to create troubles and to keep one in bondage. He can create havoc in your marriage relationship. Let me share with you a story I heard while preparing for today's sermon. It's a testimony of how our one's past sexual sins can affect a person's uh, marriage. You see, there was this lovely missionary couple. He was sent into the mission field to serve the Lord. But then, after some time, they were sent back home due to serious marital problems. Through the process of counselling, they discovered that both are involved were involved in drugs and many sexual partners before marriage. They were not believers when they got married. Soon after marriage, they were saved and made dramatic, a drastic change in lifestyle and were delivered from their former addictions and permissive lifestyles. And they were excited for the Lord. They went to Bible college and prepared themselves and then served the Lord in the mission field. However, while in the mission field, they, are, they, they, they described their marriage were like hell. And one particular area, area that was affected was their sexual intimacy. They reported feeling as if there are more than 40 people in bed with them. They have memories of their old sexual partners that they just couldn't get away from. They felt defiled, as if they had been intentionally unfaithful to each other. So they came for counselling. And through the counselling and prayer ministry time, the counsellor guided each spouse to confess and repented of their past sexual sins with each of their former sexual partners. Then they were guided to renounce and break any of those ungodly ties with each of the past partners. And then next, they exercised their spiritual authority in Christ in commanding whatever demonic power that seized these sexual sins to gain control or hold over their lives. They commanded to live in Jesus' name. 
Then they ask forgiveness from each other for their past sexual sins. After several sessions, they begin to taste the sweetness of God's freedom. The torment, the shame, the feeling of dirtiness were gone. They were so able to enjoy now their physical intimacy. Although other areas of of their marriage still needed work, the turnabout had begun because they have dealt with it spiritually. Another kind of sexual sins involve the mind which keep us entrapped. It is pornography. Though there is no physical contact involved, but there is a mental connection with these porn stars. The people, you look at the opposite sex or even people of the same sex differently, lustfully. Even when you are having a sexual relationship with your spouse, those images of those porn stars keep on popping up in your bedroom. It affects you. Satan will exploit this sinful mental lust to control one's mind, heart and will. He will enslave the persons into bondage with addictions and then convictions, guilt, accusations, condemnations, anger and then lead the person into abuse. Therefore, this sexual sins is both a mental as well as a spiritual problem. Today, if you are present here, and if you are presently involved in any sexual relationship with anyone other than your spouse, you need to stop. You are sinning against God, and you are sinning against your body, which is the temple of God. And to, today, if you were involved in past sexual relationship with someone who is not your spouse, you also need to deal with it spiritually and relationally. Even though right now you're no longer sleeping with them, but you still need to deal with it spiritually. And if you are hooked on pornography and you find it very hard to get out, get out of it, the images keep on flashing over your mind, you also need to deal with this spiritually. So the question is how? How to break free from these illicit sexual ties? Let me briefly cover various steps that you can be do, you can you can do. First, confessions. You need to confess before the Lord for your sins and seek his forgiveness. Next, you need to renounce. Means cutting off all those ungodly ties with each of your sexual partner in prayer or each of those porn star in your mind in prayer. And next, cleansing. Apply the power of Jesus' blood to cleanse any defilement resulting from these sexual sins. Then you exercise your spiritual authority. Command any demonic influence or control that have gained a foothold over your lives as a result of these sins. Command it to live in Jesus' name. Next, forgiveness. You need to seek forgiveness, those you have hurt. And for some, you need to give forgiveness to those who have hurt you because you might involved in this sexual relationship without your consent. And then, you make declarations. You declare God's restorations, God's healing, love, and lordship over your life and relationships. Next, repentant. You need to sever all relational ties with these sexual partners who is not your spouse. And if you are dating, not yet married, you need to stop all sexual intimacy until you are married. And finally, seek help. 
if you are in couple, if you are involved in any adultery, you need to go for couple counselling. It's needed. And for those of you, you find difficulties in focusing, that those past images of your sexual partners keep on coming and haunt you, then you need to go for personal counselling. And those of you who are dating, but you're involved in sexual relationship, you need to stop and then you have people to be, keep you accountable in this. Our church is willing to work with you through this process. We'll keep it very confidential. Please, ask for help if you need it. I have a good news for you, that God can forgive. God can heal. God can restore what was injured and damaged. The next kind of relationship I want to talk about will be those ungodly relationships. You see, some of the problems we face are the results of the people we embrace. In Proverbs 12, verse 25, it says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked lead, leads them astray. Be careful who you hang out with regularly because they will influence you. Next, we will look at a long passage from First Cor from 2 Corinthians. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? And what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belia or the wicked one? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? We are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to chapter 7, verse 1. Give you the context here. The Corinthian believers, they, they live in the midst of varied idolatries. People worship diff, many different gods in the temples. And then they are involved in many immoralities, particularly in the temple, in temple worship at Corinth. And some of these believers, they have compromised because they have such a close relationship with these unbelieving friends and begin to participate with them in this idol temple worship, including the immoral acts. They feel that it is okay because they have the freedom to do so. But Paul commanded them to not be yoked together or unequally yoked with such unbelievers. What does it mean? It means do not develop this close relationship with people with differing loyalty to different gods and different values. So Paul is calling for separation from this close relationship with unbelievers that will influence them into this cultic temple worship activities and immoral behaviours. Why? Because these actions will contaminate and defile their bodies and spirit. Paul reminded them who they were who they are and who they are in whose they are and who they are in Christ. The believers are children of God, bought through Christ's sacrifice. 
they belong exclusively to God the Father. They are God's holy temple. You see, the unbelievers, they worship different gods and have different loyalties and they, they embrace different worldviews with different values and lifestyle. And such close relationship, so close that it will contaminate and it is incompatible. The issue at stake here, it's about loyalty and faithfulness to God. God has redeemed us with the blood of Jesus Christ to be His beloved children. He's warning us against letting any close relationship that will lead us away from Him and from His calling to live holy lives. So what is the message for us today? This is the message. Stay away from any close relationship with anyone who can lead you to adopt the values or the worship of other gods or other worldviews and, other, and also ungodly lifestyle. These kind of close relationships are incompatible with who you are because you are chosen people of God and with who you are because you are the temple of the Holy God. They will contaminate your body and spirit. Your loyalty should be to God and His holiness because you belong to Him. Notice here, we are talking about close relationship that contaminates. Paul is not saying to avoid all relationship with the people of the world. If you avoid, then there will be nobody that you can relate to, nobody to have relationship with. Paul is warning against this kind of close relationship that will really cause you to switch loyalty. Paul also gives a similar warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to their shame. Paul warned about bad company. He said, wake up. Stay away from such people. Stop sinning. Why? Because this bad company corrupts their good character. Some relationship will weaken our, our ability to stand for what is right. No matter how strong you think you are, if you hang around regular with these people who, are, who have worldly worldviews, who cheats, who are vulgar, who are lukewarm, who do not believe in God, do not feel that they are accountable to any divine being, who are ungodly, who are hypocrites, you will be affected by them. They will infect you. So Paul gave this warning. He said, choose carefully who you hang out with regularly. I heard a sermon by Pastor Ted Todd. He said this, some of the problems we face are the results of the people we embrace. But some of you may say, but these are the people I hang out with. They are the people who truly understand me, accept me, and support me. Yes, this may be true, but be aware who and what are influencing you? Are the influence healthy and godly? Influence bringing you towards God and godliness? Or are they leading you away from God, away from His kingdom, and moving towards path of godlessness? So if you today realize that you have been enticed or influenced into adopting an ungodly or godless or different worldview or values and lifestyle that are different from God. What are you to do about it? Let me suggest to you a few things. First of all, you need to stop and think. Why are you keeping on, keep on hanging out with these people despite knowing their negative 
influence? Where is your loyalty lies? Are there deeper issues and unmet needs in your lives? Instead of finding it met, these needs met in Christ and His community, you're finding it in elsewhere. Pastor Kevin will talk more about this topic in a subsequent sermon. Then next, if you realize it is wrong and you have compromised, you have sins, then you need to confess and repent. Ask God for the forgiveness. Then you need to renounce any ungodly ties in prayer with these people, with under ungodliness. And then next, you need to reduce contact and keep a distance. For some, you might need to seek for help to get away of all this uh, ungodliness influence in your life. So we have talked about two different kinds of relationship, the illicit sexual relationship, the ungodly relationship. The final one we're going to talk about will be the harmful relationships. God has designed the relationship within the family to be a godly one, a helpful one. Let me read to you from Colossians chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. You see, love, care and respect should be the hallmarks of a family. It's a safe environment to grow. However, due to our sins, in some family, control, abuse, violence become a norm, norm, become a toxic environment. And there are many manipulative and controlling relationships involved. And these people within the family, they seek to control people's lives and their will. They do it through what? To threats, temper tantrums, to guilt, by withholding rewards or affections. Beware of such people. Be aware also, you could be such a person. I was reading the Straits Time. Let me read to you. According to a survey, it states that 3 in 10 people here face domestic abuse cases. And that's a very high percentage here. This is, it found that 30% of Singaporeans said they have experienced such abuse or someone close to them has experienced it. And the reports about violence against elderly, against children, against spouse, mostly women, but in some cases men, these abuses in cases have increased over years, over the years. And particularly so during this COVID situation where all are cooped up under one roof. And there's also emotional abuse. Emotional abuse leaves few physical scars. Still, those wounded might describe it as more painful and destructive, destructive form of violence, domestic violence to them. Christians are not spared to. They are parents who exercise the authority in a very ungodly way. Marital relationship can turn abusive, manipulative and even controlling. People do it out of pride, the sinful, selfish nature, out of anger, out of any unmet needs. They lash out at their children, their spouse and even parents abusively. Many suffered in silence due to fear or shame or to save face. I also heard another story 
about a woman come for counselling. She's a Christian woman. Now she's adult. She share about the mother who has been controlling her since young, threatening her with various things. And now she's adult. The mother go all the way to threaten suicide, to gain control over her lives and refuse to let her go. She have lost her self-identity. She went into depressions and she was suicidal. So she came for counselling and prayer. And through the ministry time, she was able to cut off, renounce all this ungodly control from her mother. And then she began to develop her self-esteem in Christ and develop intimacy with Christ. And that gave her strength to move on. She learned to build, set some healthy boundaries with her mother. She's still undergoing through um, counselling and still a long way to go, but at least she's making progress. Let me ask you some question today. Are you caught in a dysfunctional relationship with someone? Are you trying to control others, such as making unreasonable, unreasonable demands on others? Are you hurting others emotionally or even physically to make sure they follow your ways? Or are you trapped in an abusive relationship? Are you always rescuing your loved ones or friends when they are making mistakes, rather than letting them learn from the consequences. If you say yes in any of these questions, you need help. And if you today are involved in this harmful relationship, let me share with you some pointers that can help you. If you are a victim in any harmful relationship, first, I want to let you know, please do not suffer in silence. Don't keep it a secret. This is not what God designs relationship to be. You need help. Ask for help. Next, you can pray. Invite God's authority, intervention and healing. Bring God's solution into your situations. And then, you need to renounce all those ungodly ties and control through prayer. You need to release forgiveness. Our elder Edwin will talk about this more next week and finally seek help you need much counseling and prayer here in our church the pastoral team we want to help and we can help there's also professional counseling available that we can refer you to but some of you are not the victim instead you are the perpetrator how would you know Listen to the spirit prompting in your hearts and listen to the words and the people around you. Words like, yeah, I'm scared of you. Oh, you're scary. Look at your eyes. If there's a, many times there's a lot of fears in your eyes, means that the people around you are scared of you. So if you are a perpetrator, this is what you need to do. First, you need to confess. You have hurt the people you love. Confess before the Lord and ask for His forgiveness. You need to repent, change. You need to seek deliverance, deliverance from this spiritual bondage to this manipulative and controlling heart of yours that's controlling you. You need to seek forgiveness to those from those people that you have hurt. And finally, seek help. There are deeper issues. As I mentioned, as just now, Pastor, Pastor Kevin will talk more about this deeper issue that you need to deal with. You will need much help. But I have good news for people in harmful relationship. That you don't have to be in pain. 
God can restore you and your relationships. He is in the restoring business. If you're willing to change those ungodly, unhealthy and disruptive relationship patterns in your life, God is willing to help you to break free from them to enjoy healthy relationships. Let us pray together. For those of you who are involved in any sexual, illicit sexual relationship, take this time to tell God I'm sorry. Take the step to seek for help, to make change. And those of you who are involved in any ungodly relationship that you need to sever, take this time also ask the Lord to help you. Confess and ask the Lord to help you Take that first step. And those of you who are involved in harmful relationship, whether you are the victim or perpetrator, come to the Lord for His help, for His healing. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that God, you have established us as relational beings. You want us to bless one another. You want us to help one another to grow. Forgive us, Lord, that many times we hurt the people around us through all the various relationships that have gone wrong. We are involved in relationships that draw us away from you, away from what you have called us to be. Forgive us that, God, we have hurt people. I pray for healing. I pray for restorations. I pray for your power into our lives. And I pray for victory over the demonic power who, to, who seek to use all these relationships to keep us into bondage. Lord, I pray that you will set us free, that we will become the, the people that you want us to be that we will learn to live healthy relationships with people around us, that we can be a blessing to them. And we look forward to your victory, to your restorations, to your healing. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today in this worship service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.